Welcome to Conversations with Classic Boats, a podcast of modern classic yacht history. This is the pilot of the series we call Conversations with Classic Boats, a podcast dedicated to sailing treasures, vintage boats, and the stories behind them. I'm Tom Darling. I'm a sailing podcaster with a professional journalist background. As a college student, I was a sports journalist by night. I wrote about every sport, inspired by a great Princeton writer, John McPhee, whose book on Bill Bradley, A Sense of Where You Are, inspired me to write about sports. My sport today is sailing, and specifically sailing vintage boats. Why a podcast about old boats, you ask? I thought that all people with classic boats, with any boat, would want to talk about their boat to tell the stories. All vintage boats with the names we grew up with. Bolero, Ticonderoga, Durade. You name them, they have stories to go with them. And I wanted to interview them through research and the comments of those who own and sail these boats. And I bring this to you with the sponsorship of Team One Newport, the leader in performance sailing gear. Since 1985, Martha Parker, a.k.a. Mad Martha, has been working with manufacturers all over the world to bring sailors the best equipment. Sailors kidding out sailors is Mad Martha's slogan. I've known her since she first did the bow in the 1980s on Grand Prix boats. And she's a pioneer in designing products for the woman sailor. So, everyone, find Team One Newport on the web or give them a call. The classic you will hear interviewed today is my personal first and favorite, Harrisoff. Harrisoff, that's right on the pronunciation. Harrisoff. It's Dolphin. The 1913 design Newport 29, 35 and a half feet, the winningest boat in American racing history. The fun for you in this series is hearing conversations about these boats. I call them boat interviews and putting yourself into that cockpit. Sure, certain boats talk to us more than others. In this series, I hope you will think of boats that speak to you and tell me about them. Feel free to contact us online at tcd for sale 2 that's tcd numeral 4, S-A-I-L 2 at gmail.com, or at the website, conversationswithclassicboats.com. We'll remind you on that address later and urge you to nominate your favorite classic yacht. We'll research it and try to tell its story. What is a classic boat? Funny you ask. When I started this conversation with classic boats, I used the word boats, not yachts. Why? Because classics come in all sizes. An eight-foot dire dow, classic. A Barnegat Bay ACAT. Classic. A 202-foot Harrisoff America's Cup boat, Reliance, classic. Henry Ford, who designed America's first, quote, classic car, visited the Bristol, Rhode Island yard of Harrisoff about the time of the building of the classic we are presenting. He might have seen the mighty Reliance being built down the street from today's 35-foot classic. Classic, he would have said, same as the Model T. You know a classic boat when you see it. To tell the stories in conversations with classic boats, we borrow from the podcasting styles of some great storytellers who have demonstrated 
a great storytelling medium. The moth comes to mind. We are also freaks for Freakonomics Radio. We also are inspired by and borrow from great marine writers of our time and the past. We especially want to shout out to Nat Philbrick, Patrick O'Brien, Alexander Kent, and others who have educated and entertained us in our quest for maritime history knowledge. Also thanks to the development duo at Mystic Seaport Museum of John Urban and Chris Freeman, who encouraged me to push this project forward. Hopefully in the future we'll have a lot more to say about Mystic Seaport Museum. Their trove of all things maritime has already inspired several of the upcoming podcasts in the series. Check out the Mystic Seaport website. We will have a closer look at it ourselves. My history with Mystic goes back to the early 1960s. I remember my first visit there. It was a cold, rainy January day. I was in the process of moving to Rhode Island. My mother took me into the Charles W. Morgan, and it dawned on me, whaling. My relatives were Nantucket whalers in the late 1700s. That smell of old wood and salt water. Hooked I was on the sounds and smells of old boats. But enough about me. In this first installment on Season 1, we will remind you that you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. And of course, the website. Reminder? The website is conversationswithclassicboats.com. The website was done by Ned Darling and the graphics from a legendary Madison Avenue designer. Tell us how you like the logo. It was done by Woody Swain, veteran of the New York advertising scene, going back to those madman times. Woody is not a sailor, but has had lots of involvement with water. He's been a longtime supporter of the Siemens Church Institute, doing illustrations for their publications over the years. Thanks, Woody. We're honored to show your work. And we will have some special guests on the podcast from sports, from journalism, from boat building, from all corners of the boating world to tell the story of Conversations with Classic Boats. Come listen with us, bring your imagination, and most important, bring your stories. So let's get to the history of one of my favorite boats, one that I've had the good fortune to sail on and sail a lot. Let's talk about Dolphin. Quick history lesson on Dolphin. A Newport 29, one of four built as a set. Harishoff's design, number 450, from the design of the Wizard of Bristol, Nat Harishoff. Commissioned in 1913 by a mother for her teenage son. Launched in spring 1914, looking predictably different than it does today. A gaff rig that was replaced in the 1920s by a modern Marconi rig. And as we said, 35 and a half feet. 16,000 pounds, we think. That gorgeous Harrisoff shear. Designed by Captain Nat for shorthanded coastal sailing. Only three owners, as best we know, in 106 years. The Newport 29 was among a new generation of designs around the time of the massive AC boat reliance. After the great gaff rig speedsters like the New York 50, after the popular New York 30, the family boat of the early 1900s. On the surface of things, the boat 
looks quite modern. The size of a J35, the speed of a Swan 42. Where do we turn for the history lesson on this, the design of a mature Nat Harrisoff, designer and builder of a string of epic America's Cup behemoths through the First World War? Here's the history section. In the pantheon of Harrisoff boats, where does this belong? We turn to Evelyn Ansel, who today is the curatorial associate at the Harrisoff Marine Museum in Bristol, Rhode Island. Evelyn's originally from Mystic, Connecticut, went to Brown and returned to her hometown to work on old boats at the Mystic Seaport. Prior to coming to the Harrisoff Marine Museum, she spent years organizing and documenting the Harrisoff legacy for the MIT Museum, which houses the massive Harrisoff collection of plans, models, and records donated by Harrisoff to his alma mater. Evelyn's work there is a podcast of its own, and when the coronavirus dies down, we'll get to Boston to report on it. So we had to settle for a few questions with Evelyn to put Dolphin in perspective with what else was going on at the time with the Wizard of Bristol. When we came along, Evelyn was immersed in her Project Lima online presentation. Check it out on the Harrisoff Marine Museum website. Evelyn is known as one of the former owners of Dolphin for many years. She was kind enough to fill us in on her experiences from Long Island Sound to the south of France. And we've been fortunate enough to have several of the sailors that sell Dolphin now and know Dolphin well enough to share their experiences with her. The first is the force behind the great Oak Cliff sailing in Oyster Bay, Dawn Riley. Dawn was one of the leaders of the first female crew to sail around the world. I'm sure you've seen her experience in the movie Maiden. Amazing. You wouldn't find me out there. Dawn, along with her Oak Cliff sailing organization, helps to keep a fleet of 19 vintage boats in Oyster Bay under the watchful eye of Teddy Roosevelt's Sagamore Hill. Teddy wasn't a sailor. Remember, he lived and worked during Harrisoff's most productive time, but he barely took to water. He preferred horses, certainly not salt water like his famous cousin, Franklin. You know, I don't ever really know how Dolphin got to you. I mean, what, what the original impetus of how it got from the owner to you. Uh, the, I've talked to the wife who was the widow of the owner through Evelyn Ansel but I just you know I'm just curious to you how how it got to you and you know what what the first days of owning it were like um so Han actually owned and it was part of the first uh unusual gift to Oak Cliff Sailing which came that was part of the 36 boats that came in and the initial um gift that started Oak Cliff back in 2010 So it's been that it's been that it's, it's been ten years. I didn't realize it's been ten years. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oak Cliff's part of the original fleet, as was Nautilus. Okay. The New York Thirty. Okay. So those were the first two of the what is it nineteen boats now? If you had mischief, how something like that. In terms of the classic fleet. No, Oak Cliff only has four classics. Okay. I'm not sure how many Hunt has. To right, be totally. right, right, right. Well, Hunt always talks about nineteen, so that means that. 
you own four and they own 15. That's sort of the, that's sort of the break. No, I think he owns 19. 19. Okay, so there's 19 plus four, so there's actually 23. I'm always kind of trying, to get, be more. trying mm-hmm. to get that number number right. And when you got it, was it, it, it had been rebuilt pretty pretty well. It had been sailed in the south of France. I, well, uh, Hunt's family sailed it, and the south of France. Okay. Brian Lawrence, I believe Roxy Darling was part of that group, um, as was Mike Smith um, and Wooden Boat Works with Don Costanzo. Sure, they sure. were all somewhat involved in that. Okay, so when it got it got really a lot done to it, what was that? The winter of two thousand eighteen was that the winter that the deck got done, a lot a lot of the work got done. I remember coming coming in and saying, "Whoa, there's a lot a lot of wood been changed here." Was that the, the winner when, when they When Oak Cliff owned it, yeah. it would have been earlier than that. It would okay. have been 17. Um, and the, the basically the the boat was wooded, which means it was stripped down to right. the bare wood. There were some planks that were fixed. Um, as boats that are 100 some years old do, they start to settle a little bit and come out of true. So it was put back in true. Right. Um, but for how, you know, being 100 years old, 100 plus years old, it's in oh, yeah. quite amazing shape. Well, I just and re- remember, the part that everybody forgets is these boats, as the, you know, New York 30s were, were designed to be race boats. Just like race boats today, where somebody says, oh, it's built so light it'll never last. Right. I'm sure somebody said that back in you know, 18, 14, and look at it now. I, I'd never seen Dolphin out of the water until someone showed me the specs, and I realized that mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a modern boat in the front and an older boat in the back because the keel and the rudder are so far back, you know, relative to what you're used well, to seeing. Well, um, I think Hunt quotes, but I think uh, Harrisoff said, or somebody said, look, he built a boat but forgot to finish the stern. What's the... Uh, what situation have you been in the boat, which has been the, where you've really the boat's been pressed? Have you have you sailed the boat in a lot of wind and storm and, and any kind of condition where you said, "Oh boy"? Yeah, yeah. well, we, we try to be nice to our classic boats, right. you know, hundred year old boats. Right, right. But um, yeah, the boats have been sailed most most of the time. Which makes the only thing that makes me nervous is when we have new supporters on board and they think that the only way to sail is with full canvas. Um, and they don't understand that burying the rail is not fast. Right. So um, the only time I'm ever concerned is when they have too much canvas up and a building cocktail breeze, which is what we call our sea breeze around here. And it, uh, when she's just pressed super, then, of course, you have you know standing rigging, and her mast was originally a tree, so that's what makes me concerned. But I have never, ever been concerned about the hull or the way she rides through the waves. Yeah. Dawn's supporter at Oak Cliff, Hunt Lawrence, has his own colorful interest in vintage yachts. Hunt is a South Shore sailor with a set of shallow draft classics designed by the local designer, Gil Smith. We'll get that in a future installment. Up on the North Shore in Oyster Bay, ensconced on Center Island, Hunt sometimes says he owns 200 boats. He is the Oak Cliff Sailor's longtime benefactor, but his favorite are clearly the 19 that nestle along Center Island, which is the peninsula that forms Oyster Bay Anchorage itself.
Someone who also knows a lot about these Newport 29s is Chris Wick. He's a senior statesman of vintage boats. He lives in Mystic, and for many years he owned the sister ship Mischief, now owned by Oakliff. Taken from afar, the two boats look like twins, fraternal twins. One has jumper struts, dolphin. One does not, Mischief. One has a tiller, Mischief. The other a wheel, dolphin. But otherwise, they are the Harrishoff twins. Half of a four-boat set that saw one boat, Comet, vanish in the hurricane of 38, the other, Teaser, still alive and well in Huntington Bay in the hands of the Byers family. Quadruplets, three still doing well. The current skipper of Dolphin in Oakcliffe's classic racing series is John Tenhagen. John and I have been sailing Dolphin for about five years. John is a true old man of the sea, a lot of blue water experience, and he talks about Dolphin like a member of the family. Mm-hmm. When, when did you first lay eyes on Dolphin? When did you first see it? Uh, when when Dawn called me and asked me if I would skip for the boat. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> that had to be five, six years ago. Okay, okay, okay. So you'd, ne- was, you'd never seen it when it was sailed by the Lockwoods or any of the other people in Long Island Sound? I was not aware of the boat at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was from Sheltered Island. So, I mean, a lot of people, I saw it because I was from Rhode Island. So, you know, it would mm-hmm. sail at off soundings. It would sail on our, our, our regattas. Well, anecdotes about Dolphin abound. Imagine generations of newfangled boats and fiberglass that have been humiliated on the race course by this eight-ton wooden wonder. Stories from the race course, they are legion. We have our own questions. First, is this the winningest boat in American history still sailing? Brian Simmons, who charters and sails Dolphin in the Nantucket Race Week events, including the Opera House Cup, tells the story of first getting the boat. We sailed at 200 miles, they sailed it, the delivery crew, to get it to Martha's Vineyard in a nor'easter. It was just too rough. But when she, she sailed to the breakwater in Nantucket the next day, the sun came out. There, it was like she was on a stage. I'm interested, Brian. You, if you, do you, you remember the first time we had the boat in 2015, how we got it? Do you remember that? I do remember. What a day that was. We decided that uh, we'd go meet Abby uh, Lessman, who'd brought her up from Long Island. We'd go meet her in the meet her in the vineyard, and of course, the the day came to head over there, and it was it was blowing probably thirty five with yeah. four to six foot swells. Remember? Oh God, I've never seen it so rough in in the middle of Nantucket Sound. And of course, Avi was over there, and he wasn't willing to sail back, uh, sail across to Nantucket by himself. And so we said we'd come over um, with a couple of friends on a on a powerboat, and then our buddies would take the powerboat back, and we'd sail sail uh, to Nantucket with Avi. So we 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 climbed aboard uh, Island Mode, a thirty uh, eight foot Hinkley jet boat, which was uh, in no way ready for the swells yes. between uh, between Brant Point and Edgartown, and. Uh, and we uh, we got sort of bounced in the face for Tom. What did it take us to get over there? It must have taken three hours. Three hours. I mean, it was the roughest I ever saw it out there. Yeah. And when we got it there, they been, looked they looked like drowned rats, right? It should have been a uh, it should have been a sixty minute trip tops. We took all the canvas off the boat, all the cushions in. We were all in foul weather gear, and we were inside. Yeah. And uh, and we made it over there, and we found Abby. He was uh, he was on a mooring. And, uh, and barely hanging on, I think, at that point. No food, nothing, yes, right. Yeah, 
And didn't didn't we we picked him up off the boat, right? And didn't we go to shore and tie up for a little bit I think and we, walk around and I think, right? Yeah, I think we took the boat in. Then we just realized there was no future in what we were doing. So, con- right. t- t- wait to tomorrow. And the next day was beautiful sun, and in they sailed. All you know, yeah, all by themselves. And I, and I and I think we were. I mean, I think the next day was an Illyrian race day. Yeah. yeah. And and we went out, you and I, and uh, and probably. Uh, I don't know who else. Was it Marcus or was it? Uh, I'm not sure who was with us. Yeah. Okay, went out and raced, and we were we were sailing back to the mooring after racing, and Avi was coming around Brant Point. Right. Uh, in golf. It was like yeah. it was like a miracle. <laughs> it, it had it appeared. Like a, it, was, <laughs> it was like a miracle. <laughs> we were fortunate to win our c- class in the Opera House Cup the first year, and we sailed her in winds zero to thirty, solid as a rock, in the windy 2018 Opera House. We started with big boats and sailed dead even with a Francis Harishoff design, a Fisher's Island 42 double-ender gallivant that itself had won the Opera House. We had a reef in a two, and we were beam-reaching up to nine knots. That's fast for a 35-foot boat. Well, yeah, I mean, this boat, Brian, as you remember, we seem to always be getting into heavy air with this boat. Remember, 2018, we didn't even know if we were going to race that race. It was blowing so hard. I do remember, and we, um, we we got out to the uh, we got out to the start, and uh, I think we probably only had uh, we probably only had the main up, and we decided we couldn't we couldn't race without reefing. We put in a reef, and I don't think had we ever reefed that boat before. Tom? Never. We we didn't even know what to tie things to. <laughs> so we got the reef in, and uh, and we started, and I don't know how we ended up in the start class we were in, but we were probably thirty feet shorter than every other boat in our start. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And and uh, and Spartan, uh, Spartan was. Um, That's a New York fifty. Us. It's a New York fifty. New York, Seventy-two New feet. York fifty, right? Spartan was above us at the uh, at the line, and uh, we had clear right away, and and he wouldn't. She wouldn't move. The captain just wouldn't give way. Wouldn't give way. And I think you ended up on the bow screaming. Yeah. yeah. And finally, and finally, Spartan pulled off enough that gave us our start. And, yeah. Uh, we raced with all the big boats in. I don't know what. What do you think? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, every bit, of, every bit of that. And uh, we ended up finishing pretty well, right? I think we were yep. the second boat that wasn't an Illyrian. Yeah, yeah. Right? Six Illyrians and, and a Choi Lee that weighed twenty-seven thousand pounds, which is probably yeah. eleven thousand pounds heavier than we were. And then right us. boat for the day. Right boat yeah. for the day. And yeah. Us. yeah. Yeah, I think we were we were probably what corrected time. 10 or 12 seconds off yeah, the page. I think it was 14 seconds from the top, yeah. That was the cl- that was yeah. close. That was close. That was a good year. Mm-hmm. My, my personal favorite story is when we first bought the boat in 2015, we were cleaning out the quarter berth, and we found what we thought was an old la- laminated restaurant menu. We looked at it closer, and what was it? It was the race record of 20 years of the boat from the early 1940s to the late 1960s. There it was. Off soundings first. Off soundings first. Off soundings first. The first Block Island Race Week first. And so it went. the list went on and on. There are many stories about the old-time, long-time owners of Dolphin, the Lockwood family of Shelter Island. The patriarch of that family, John Lockwood, was a, a, a sailor of very distinctive yachting style. My own mother tells the following story about one afternoon in Great Salt Pond in Block Island. In come 
one of the families that joined that owned Dolphin for decades. Here come the Lockwoods. We, my mother said, we'd come in to find a place to anchor, and it took us so much time to dig it into that mud. And when we were done, in flies Dolphin, all sails up, goes head to wind, tosses the anchors, drops the sails, cruise jumps in the dinghy, heads for the shore, heads for the bar. That's real joie de vivre. Those Lockwoods. We invite other stories. We know there are more. Great boats have an effect like that. We invite you, the podcast listener, to see dolphin and pictures on the website in our photo section of Conversations with Classic Boats. Go to the website and take a look. We su welcome submissions of materials, stories, pictures. Conversations with Classic Boats is a podcast intended to be a jumping-off point for your enjoyment of classic vintage yachts. We hope to present a new boat to you regularly, and we do want to hear from you on your nominations for boat interviews. Send us words, send us pictures. Send them to tcdforsale2 at gmail.com or to the Conversations with Classic Boats website. Fair sailing, Tom Darling. This podcast is brought to you by SailSpeak.org. None of the comments reflect other than the opinions of the individuals. The final production podcast was produced in New York City. No vintage boats have been harmed in the preparation of this podcast. Hear you next time. In our next episode, we turn our attention to the cousin of the Newport 29, the Alarian, Captain Nat's own private boat. From there, during the rest of the season, we hope to hear from Ticonderoga, Big Tie, the catch done by L. Francis Arishoff, which has sailed the world since 1931, breaking elapsed time records. Also, from Bolero, Derade Fortuna, and Black Watch. Remember, classic boats can be small boats. In an upcoming session, we'll be talking to the godfather of the sailing dinghy, and travel to locations in New Jersey and Maine in search of the ultimate dinghy classic. Think of us as the Antiques Roadshow of classic boats. Reach out and help us tell the story of the classic boat. And you West Coast sailors, we want to hear from you too. Tell your friends, listen in, find us at iTunes and Google Play, and of course, the website. Ahoy! Fair sailing. We'll be on soon with the next episode of Conversations with Classic Boats. This is Tom Darling saying, go sailing. And we'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old.